besides, you know, the physical strength that you need to get through a, a Spartan race sometimes, a lot of it really is the mental strength. Diz Runs Radio, episode 974, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, if you need to upgrade your sock game, maybe replace some of those socks that are a little bit worn out, not that I know from any experience, but I may have a pair or two that's a little bit worn out. Um, my new go-to place, maybe not new, uh, my, my go-to place for getting good socks these days is definitely Features, and they are today's sponsor-ish of the show, affiliate partner, if you will. Um, I've talked about features before. I'll talk about features again. Today, I'm talking about features and just, you know, they're quality socks, like point blank. Are they cheap? Nah, not really. Uh, are they, you know, you don't have to take out a second mortgage. They're not that expensive, but you're talking, you know, $12, $15 a, a pair for a pair of socks, but by golly, they're worth it. They are worth it. They stand up, they hold up, um, like comfortable. They don't fall down. That's, that's always my thing. Whenever I've gotten cheap socks in the past, you know, try to try to save a few bucks on a pair of socks. It's like, I'm good for a while. And then all of a sudden that, that heel slips down a little bit. And now we've got some rub going on. Don't have the rub when you got the features. At least I don't, maybe you do. I don't. Uh, so if you want to check them out, you want to step up your sock game a little bit, whether you need some compression socks, some ankle socks, some crew socks, anywhere in between, they got you covered on the sock front. And, uh, if you want to use the link disruns.com slash features, that's F E E T U R E S like the feet socks feet, get it disruns.com slash features. That's an affiliate link. It doesn't cost you anything, but it does kick a couple of shekels back my way as uh, as kind of a commission commission situation. Uh, so no cost to you, a little support for me, a little support for your feet with some good socks, uh, support for a, a, a small, small business here in the States. I mean, you know, lots of winning going on right there. So if you're, if you're, if you're ready now, or maybe, you know, somewhere later down the road, when, when you need to step up your sock game, when you need to replace a couple of pairs that, uh, are a bit worn out, disruns.com slash features. Appreciate your support. And, uh, now without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a lady that was uh, a part of the 2021 MS Runs the U.S. Relay team that just recently wrapped up. She ran, she ran her leg earlier this summer, uh, but the team, of course, is, is designed to help raise money and, and awareness to help fight the fight against multiple, scler multiple sclerosis. Easy for me to say. Uh, her leg of the relay covered six days and 162 miles uh, through, through the central and eastern part of Nebraska, I think, if memory serves. And uh, her fight against MS, though, is is personal, seeing as uh, she is one of the one of seven of this year's team members that uh, is also living with multiple sclerosis. So it's an honor today to be able to uh, chat and hear the story and, and learn a little bit more about Miss Melinda Priya. So Melinda, thanks for uh, taking the time and welcome to the show. Hi, yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh well, good. I'm, the, the pleasure is certainly mine. And guys, if you enjoy today's conversation, you want to kind of follow along with Melinda as, and see where the future takes her and, and what's going on in her life, and just reach out and, and, and you know tell her you enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, Instagram is a great place to do so, and her handle there is at Melinda underscore Strong 
underscore ms underscore runner. So uh, a little bit, a little bit lengthy, but that's all right because on Instagram you don't have you don't have to keep it to 180 characters or whatever Twitter's rules are these days. At Melinda underscore twit underscore strong underscore ms underscore runner. Uh, as per usual. Uh, we'll have it linked up in the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 974. Photos, links, the whole nine. Uh, and of course, we'll have uh, Melinda's contact there as well. Dizruns.com slash 974. So uh, Melinda, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a relatively simple question that sometimes has an easy answer. Sometimes it's uh, a little bit tricky. Uh, but it, in any event, it just gives us a great uh, kind of launching off point for the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, you know, so I've been spending some time thinking about that question. And my honest answer is, I don't really have a favorite distance yet. I'm still exploring. I'm still learning that. Um, So I'm kind of excited to see where that takes me. I've done one official half marathon outside of MS Run the US. And that was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But from that, I... I'm kind of like toying the idea with maybe putting my toe in the ultra world, maybe doing a 50 miler. So um, I'm really still exploring that and seeing where it's going to take me. That's that is very fair, and I and I think and, you know no, nobody fact checked me on this one, but I think that might be the first time that somebody's like, I just really don't know yet, and and that's that's fantastic because there are a lot of good options out there, and and whether you want to go short and fast, or long and just kind of cruise, I mean, there, there's there's no shortage of options, but. Seeing as you're still kind of figuring it out, um, does that mean that you're still kind of new to this whole running thing? Have you been doing it for a while? Kind of, where did you get started in the in the sport of running? So my sport of running really launched from um, being invited to do a Spartan race, which is obstacle course mm-hmm. racing, and I was just more in love with you know climbing over walls and flipping tires and things like that. But there's running involved with that. So I had a girlfriend who uh, took me out to our local trails and I started running and kind of getting into it more. And it took me a few years before I would actually say that I was a runner. I definitely fell back on the, I don't like to run, but I run. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the process, I just sort of, you know, fell into it like, yes, I am an actual runner. Um, and the part of that, that was scary for me personally was once I really owned that I was a runner, that's when I started to, um, fall into the figuring out this diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. And so then there was a fear of like, am I ever going to run again now that I want to run? Um, so that's how it got started. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, uh, about how long ago was this kind of the, the, the getting, getting things going? Yeah, so I did my first Spartan race in um, 2018, and then I, in 2019 is when I started uh, really accepting I was a runner, and at the tail end of 2019 is when um, I started having uh, symptoms come up and then was diagnosed in January of 2020. So still fairly new to running. Still, absolutely, still fairly new. Um, I, I speak Spartan just a little bit, so so <laughs> forgive me if I if I get something wrong here. But maybe we'll we'll reshift. I, I don't know, and maybe there's not a, a good answer here either. But um, 
kind of shift the, the that intro question a bit. What's your favorite type of Spartan to? Because I know there's the different distances, right? There's the there's like the sprint and the beast and the um, I don't know. Like I said, I speak the, just a little bit yeah. of Spartan. But what, as far as good, distances yeah. or, or, or ballpark distances, what what kind of Spartan races is your is your kind of bread and butter? Um, I really like the super, and um, that's around eight miles. Um, but uh, all that being said, I have ran more spartan beasts which are half marathons with the obstacle courses so yeah gotcha gotcha yeah um when it when it comes to to your spartan experience like how how um what what are what are some of your better obstacles or the things that that don't make you nervous that you might be stuck doing some burpees uh you know when it when it push comes to shove oh yeah so um the walls i feel confident on the walls um i feel pretty confident on any type of monkey bars or traversing something with a bar element like it. Sometimes the monkey bars move a little bit on you. Um, And I would say ones that I worry about having to burpee out on are the spear throw and sometimes the multi-rig. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, I, I, uh, I have a few folks that are trying to sweet talk me and, or maybe not even sweet talk. Maybe it's not sweet anymore. Maybe it's sour talk me into, into doing some, <laughs> some, you know, some type of Spartan or, or OCR types of events. And I just, you know, I, I would just, I like staying upright while I'm running, not worrying about burpees, not worrying about dropping in the mud or in the, in the water, in the muck, in the mire. But, uh, I don't know. One of these, one of these days, maybe I'll get there, but, um, you totally know, kind get of, that. what's that? <laughs> I totally get that. Yep. I mean, it's not for everyone, but yeah, yep. you know, when you find your, your passion, you just kind of go with it. So that's true. That's true. So you, you find that you're enjoying at least, well, let me, let me not put words in your mouth, but the way I kind of understand it, you're, you're kind of enjoying the Spartan thing, save for the running, but you know, the running's part of it. So, so whatever. Um, and then you start kind of warming up to the idea of, of being a runner. Um, it, again, if I heard you correctly, it took, it took a little while. It was a bit of a process. Um, but, but as, as that started to happen, you know, what kind of, like, did you just basically stick with, with the OCR type of events, but maybe do a little bit more running on your own or kind of, how did, how did that, that next kind of phase of the journey go in, in the running progression? Yeah, it was a mixture of both. Um, I, my girlfriend, Kim, who started showing me the trails Mm -hmm. that are local to us, um, was a great, uh, teacher and learning how to run and was a great encourager to have something on the calendar so that you have something to be training for or putting a goal toward. And so, um, I signed up with some road races with her. And so then it was just a mixture because, you know, Spartan races, they do happen all year long, but, um, you have to travel for them. And so it was a lot easier to do local races at home and then, you know, maybe not go as far for a Spartan race, maybe just go one state over. I'm in California. So I go to Arizona or Nevada for a race. Um, so that was kind of how it ended up being both that I wanted to run and still do the Spartan races and the running elements on the road races, helped me in my Spartan races because I was, you know, better on the course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, you know, one of those things that, uh, like I said, I've talked to some, some OCR folks. I I coach a couple folks that, but one particular that really is, is all in on, on Spartan events. Um, 
but that's something that I think, you know, it can be easy to overlook that like, you know, obviously running is a part of it, but being a stronger runner certainly helps you move from one obstacle to the next and, and, and kind of keep things moving. But I'd be curious from, from your perspective, Melinda, and, and maybe the sample size is still a bit small, but, but still uh, we'll, we'll throw it out there and see what happens. How does being a Spartan athlete and, and doing some of the, the upper body strength at work and, and just all of the, the, the demands that the obstacles and the different types of obstacles place upon you, have you noticed a way or, or can you think of a, of a way that that helps you when you're quote unquote, just running when it's, when it's a, a race where there's no, uh, mud pits or monkey bars or spear throws or anything like that? Yeah. Um, Besides, you know, the physical strength that you need to get through a, a Spartan race, sometimes a lot of it really is the mental strength mm. and the mindset and um, that mindset that, um, you know, in general, life is going to throw you obstacles. How are you going to try to overcome them? Or even if they're difficult at first, like, what can I do so that I get stronger in a certain area so that it gets easier um, those were all things that I learned on the Spartan course mm -hmm. and that translated into doing road races. And that also translated into me, um, getting through my segment for MS run the U S, um, because I was mentally prepared for that undertaking. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great bit of insight. Thank you for, for sharing that. So Again, if I'm if I've got the timeline somewhat correct, you're starting to get, you know get into Spartans, you're starting to get into to you know just some road running, some trail running, some some non-Spartan event type of running, um, and then dot 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 MS shows up. Like what what we're and and we don't have to dive into it any deeper than you want to. I'll, I'll you know we can be go as deeper as as not deep as we want to into the diagnosis part of things. But you know what we're I guess I mean, I'll just leave it open. Like, like as that, as you started, you said you noticed some symptoms and, 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 you know, get some tests done and, and confirm the diagnosis. What kind of symptoms were you noticing? How were, how were you starting to notice that things weren't, weren't quite right again, as much or as, as little as you want to go into it is fine. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, the first two kind of big things for me were my, uh, right big toe was kind of going numb slash felt asleep. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an all day thing. It was just kind of like sporadic. Um, and it didn't matter if I was running or just going about my normal day. Um, so I just sort of attributed that to kind of like, Oh, I must have a pinched nerve somewhere. So, you know, being an athlete, I was like, all right, I probably should go get that checked out. But I did not go as soon as I should have. And then the other issue I was ha having also on the right side of my body is that um, I was kind of having like a little bit of drop foot in that my right foot would catch the back of the heel on the left side and cause me to trip and my ankle would roll. And it would happen to me in multiple races. And it was extremely frustrating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, what is going on? Why do I keep tripping? So uh, eventually, I put my stubbornness aside and was like, okay, I'm gonna finally go to the doctor for this. And um, from there, uh, I just ended up having kind of more nerve issues mm -hmm. in my legs where they would feel like heavy and unsteady and in my midsection I would have what they call like an MS hug and it was a lot of binding 
And um, I was just like, what, what's happening? And I just noticed that my performance was dropping a little bit. Um, and I was kind of wondering why that was happening as well, because, you know, as an athlete, not that we have to PR every time right. we go out to do something, it was still like, no, this is way harder than it normally is for you. So something is underlining going on. What is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately we determined that it was, you know, multiple sclerosis. So, um, that was a bit really scary and a lot of fear. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I can only imagine. And so, um, you know, when, when that, when you get the diagnosis, um, like you said, scary, fearful, lots of unknowns, um, you know, when, when that, I guess when that, when that first landed, when that first hits, um, or, you know, shortly after, like what, what, what are the thoughts going through as far as being active? I mean, obviously there's lots of things beyond just running and, and being active that, that I'm sure are concerns or things that were concerning and, and that you're thinking about, but from the, the running perspective, I mean, was it something where, um, at least with the diagnosis where they like, Hey, you're, you're probably going to be okay. Something you really need to like, like what was, what was the prognosis, I guess, you know, in the, in the early days. Um, the prognosis from my neurologist was, you know, we've caught this young, or young, we've caught this early. I'm sorry. We've caught this early. Um, so don't be too concerned. Don't think about the pictures you might have, have of MS from, you know, 20, 30 years ago when you see people completely not being able to be mobile and things like that. The, the treatments have come so far. Um, so that provided a little bit of hope, but there still was that big underlining fear of like, am I going to still be able to live the active lifestyle that I want was the first question. And then the second question to that was how long, which is Mm -hmm. a complete unknown was like, how long am I going to be able to do it? And then my third was like, I've got to make sure I stay active for as long as I can, because I don't want this taken from me. Um, and with that, there was a lot of, um, physical therapy that I, that I had, uh, to regain some strength in my legs and stuff like that, because I had lost the ability to even run a mile for a while. I would say that I was really unable to like really run, um, for about four or five months and I had to work and build strength in that. And so, um, that's probably one of the things I'm most proud about is the fact that I went from not being able to run a mile to run 162 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you should be you can be proud of that, and I, I think that uh, man, I, I I I can't even imagine, don't want to imagine being in that situation where you know, like like you'd been a runner, you'd you'd done Spartans, you like, and all of a sudden now you can't run a mile, um, but you know, you put the work in and and rebuilt your strength, got back out there and, and yeah, you run 162 miles over the course of six days. So when did you, when did the idea of maybe being part of the MS run the U S team, when did that, when did that come onto your radar? So that came onto my radar last September. Actually, I had just gotten home from my second 
treatment that I received for my multiple sclerosis. And I had just posted something on Instagram and MS from the US had liked my post. And I was, I still am very curious if there's people I don't recognize that are interacting with me on there, checking it out. And um, MS from the US was doing the virtual relay for 2020 because of COVID. And then I looked up the website and I I saw what it was and I just felt very drawn and very compelled. I submitted my application sort of on a whim that night mm. um, before telling my husband what even <laughs> I, I was thinking about doing. And I just figured I'm like, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be and we'll see where it goes through my my application in the ring and went from there. When when you looked into it and decided to apply, was there was there any hesitation of like either from the running side of things or the fundraising sort of things of like wow that's a big deal or, or was it really just like oh, at least for me I could see myself going oh, I'll just you know I'll, I'll put my name in the hat like it probably won't get picked and then all of a sudden dot 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 picked um, but but did you expect it that you had a chance or was it just kind of like ah eh, you know whatever we'll we'll see what happens. I did not think I had a chance at all, actually. But that was a very much of like, oh, whatever, we'll see what happens. And um, I definitely love doing hard challenges. And so it fell in the wheelhouse for that for me. It was like, this is, you know, an ultra event. And um, why not see if you can do it? I, th- I think that I can. And so let's put your hat in the ring. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when it, when it started to at least look like, you know, when you start doing through the, the interview process and, you know, wheels are turning and you realize that like, this might be realistic, that this might be happening. Um, were there any of those moments where you're like, what have I gotten myself into? Or do, were you just embracing the challenges as it you know unfolded? Nope. I was ready to just embrace the challenge as it unfolded. I was excited about how um, the training schedule was set up for, um, the team, um, I was not too nervous about raising $10,000, but that is a lot of money to raise. And really, this is the first time I've ever done a large fundraising event. But because it was so personal, uh, I was willing to take it on. And um, I had people around me telling me, you know, if you just tell your story, people are going to want to contribute to you because they want to help you. They like your story. They feel connected to your story. So while the fundraising is going to a greater cause of multiple sclerosis, it's also because of your story that you're telling. While we're, while we're on the subject of, of the fundraising, I'd love to just spend a minute here because, uh, and I say this just about every time I interview somebody who's done some charity running, whether it's with MS Runs the U.S. or, or any of the other great organizations out there. Um, I know that, that, I mean, I finally did uh, an event with Team in Training a, a couple years ago now, or I guess, uh, yeah, a, couple, a year and a half ago now, whatever, details. But um, the thing that was holding me back for the longest time was the fundraising component and just being nervous to to ask for money, being nervous of what happens if I don't hit the, the target and then I'm on the hook for the, the rest of it. Um, but, but, you know, obviously with, like you said, you have the connection, like it's, it's very personal to you. People want to support you. Um, but, but how did you like, like, was the fundraising easier than you expected? Difficult? Like, like how did, how did you find the fundraising component of, of this, of this journey? Uh, thankfully my first go with it, I felt like it was not very difficult. Awesome. I mean, um, I did a lot of my 
outreach through my social media and then through family and friends. I did one event at my gym where we did like a donation based workout, Mm -hmm. which was um, also a lot of fun. And then, you know, people, they want to come work out anyways, and then they're helping a cause on top of it. So that was a lot of fun. Um, So it, it kind of came in quickly, not necessarily from one large donor, but just collectively over family, friends. I got a lot of support from my coworkers, uh, which was amazing. Um, so getting the fundraising piece taken care of kind of early on just allowed me to focus on the training, which was really what I wanted to spend my time on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's awesome that it, that it did come together and, and, you know, it, it was the same similar type of, of thing for me where it was just like, so many people that, that maybe I hadn't talked to in a while, or I talked to a bunch of times, but like didn't necessarily think would donate. It's just like the generosity that pours out when you're, when you're yeah. running for a cause is, is awesome. It's awesome to see. Uh, so talking about the training, how, you know, um, again, something that, uh, the idea of running whatever, you know, running one marathon is, is a pretty big undertaking to prepare for, let alone back to back to back to back to back to back. I think I got six backs there, you know, six <laughs> days worth 162 miles. Um, you know, what was, what was the, uh, what, what did your training look like? How did, how did it go? Was it, you know, like how, how did, how did the, the physical preparations for, for the event, uh, play out for you? Um, I would say that the training went as well as it could go. Mm-hmm. Um, I really focused on not just the running, but also the importance of cross training and doing strength training with that. Um, I had a really phenomenal running partner, Anthony, who was on board to do any long runs with me or any type of runs with me from day one when um, he found out I was going to do this awesome ultra marathon event. And uh, we would go out my pace, um, which was also really nice because he's faster than I am. (laughs) Um, And... I don't know. I just got to learn a lot about myself on these long runs. Um, there were times that I couldn't go out for a run because maybe I was experiencing some of the fatigue that comes with the MS. And I just had to trust the process and trust that I was putting in the work that I was able to do to the best of my abilities. And that was going to get me through to the finish line. Um, I stayed injury free through my training. I stayed injury free through my segment and I really attribute that to the strength training. Yeah, I, I, I will second that and, and folks that have been listening for a while, they, they probably get sick of me harping on the benefits of strength training sometimes because not a lot of runners enjoy the strength training component, but it's, it's so important. And, and especially for staying healthy, especially when you're doing big miles, like you, you don't think oh, I just need to run more. Uh, but no, that, that strength training is, is huge. Um, and I, I'd love to, to maybe, I don't know, you kind of addressed it, but like the idea of listening to your body and trusting the process. And if there's a day that you can't run for, for any reason, you know, whether it's, it's an illness, whether it's fatigue, whether it's weather related, I mean, you know, outside of, of, you know, just this, this particular, you know, story, but just in general, like we all have, you know, we'd all love to run every day, but it doesn't always work out like that. Um, was it difficult for you to trust the process? Because I, I know that that's something that that some folks really struggle with. Of like, oh man, I missed my long run this week. Like that's going to really set me back. And and as the coach, I want to be like, 
nah, it's going to be fine. Like, like this, the, 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 you know, the total is, is bigger than the sum of the parts, but in the moment that can be really hard to, to wrap your head around, and, and I don't, again, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but it's, I would imagine you know, this is kind of such new territory for you training for this type of, of an event, um, this type of volume. I mean, not having done a lot of racing experience beforehand, was it, was it difficult for you to, to, to really trust the process or did you just give yourself over to the coaches and the support that, that MS run the U S have for you and just say, if they're telling me it's okay, it's going to be okay. It, there were times that it was difficult, um, to trust the process. Um, but I think what helped in those difficult times was because we do have a lot of support. We have our, our running coach, Caitlin, um, through the program. And then on top of that, I had people close to me here where I live that I used as coaches as well. So I felt, you know, like 360 supported in, in any way it went. Um, and that really made a difference. Um, I would say the most difficult process of trusting was at the end when we're doing the tapering and you're just feeling like you're not doing anything. <laughs> and, um, it was really hard not to run or go to the gym or, I mean, I, I would, you know, be active throughout the day with normal life or walking and what have you, but, um, to really not exert yourself and put that strain on your body because I needed to reserve that energy for my run. That was difficult. Yeah. I'll tell you that, that never goes away. Like you, you get to the point where you know that it's going to be beneficial. You know that you, do, you don't need to do a lot, you know, this last week, 10 days, two weeks before the event. Um, but that, that it, oh, it's always a struggle. I, I don't care how, how long you, you continue to run, how many races you do ultras, short stuff, long stuff, whatever, uh, that taper, that taper is, is a tricky, tricky, tricky time. Um, but, but in that, in that period, in that taper time when, when, you know, like you're not running as much, so you're not, you're not kind of burning off some of the mental crazies, but, but you got this, this challenge is, is rapidly approaching. What was your mindset of, of, you know, we're, we're a week out, we're 10 days out, we're a few days out. What was, what was your mindset like as, as, you know, go time was, was rapidly approaching? I was really excited. Um, I thought it was going to be, and it was a really fun adventure and obviously something that I will remember for the rest of my life. Um, and mostly just excitement. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> so, so let's, let's get into it. Let's get some of the, the, the nitty gritty, like, you know, day one, how, how did, how did the first day of, of your leg go? Day one, um, it was hot. So, that was an element of training that I didn't really have the opportunity to experience living in San Diego, California. The weather is, you know, nice most of the time. So I'm not used to these hot, humid summers and heat can um, exacerbate your MS symptoms. Um, and I didn't know what that was going to do for me. So day one, we're cruising along. I'm going at a good pace. And then uh, we hit probably like mile 17 or so. And I'm having a hard time not hinging at my hips. Like I look like I'm walking hunchback and I need to straighten myself up. And I hadn't experienced that uh, since the early stages of like my diagnosis of, of what the hell is going on. And, um, I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, is this going to happen now the rest of the time we're out here? 
Fortunately, I called my husband and I told him what was happening. And he said to me, I, there's a nerve medication that I take three times a day. He said, did you take your afternoon medication? And I went, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I forgot. And the excitement of everything and kind of being out of like what regular routine is, I had forgotten to take that medication. Um, and so I'm trying to convince, you know, Malcolm and Haley, like, no, I'm okay, really, I'm going to be fine. This is fine. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and we finish that first day and I, I get back and I, I take my nerve medication and do all the recovery stuff. Um, and I said to Haley shortly after dinner, which was probably, I would say around like six o'clock or so, I said, you know, I'm kind of bored. And she looks at me like, what? Like you just <laughs> did. I think I did 27 and a half miles the first day. She's like, okay. <laughs> um, and then that second day, it was still really hot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were able to get 20 miles in before um, we had to make the decision that, you know, continuing on for the day wasn't going to be beneficial for the long haul because we still had a lot, a lot of miles to do. So um, we called it early that day. And then thankfully, by day four, the weather had let up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we were able to break my runs up into two pieces. So I could do like 16, 17 miles in the morning, take like a two and a half hour break, sometimes three hour break, mm -hmm. and then go back out and complete um, the other half of the miles for the day. And on day four and day five, I was able to do 31 miles by splitting it up like that, which was so awesome that my body, it would hit a threshold for, for the time. It just needed a little reset and break mm -hmm. and then could keep going. Um, so that was a really cool experience actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I'm just like flashing back to what you said earlier about the different obstacles for Spartan and how that can kind of help you to navigate. And there you, there you go. I mean, that, that's exactly it. The, the heat starts to get to you, fatigue, whatever, like any number of reasons, Yeah. Hey, you know, you get, you get a, a good chunk of miles in, take a little break, reset, kind of cool down, catch a little nap or, or whatever it takes, you know, just, just give your body a chance to reset and then you can get back out there and, and keep going and, and, and finish strong. That's, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Like that's, that's, that's a great way to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so it was awesome. Yeah. So, so I, I'm curious and maybe you know, it kind of ties into what to, to this, you know, the idea of having that little break and that little reset, but, um, how did you manage your recovery, whether it was from one day to the next or from the morning run to the, to the afternoon, evening run? Like, what were you doing? What, what did you find that seemed to, to help you to bounce back as much as you could when you're, you know, 60 miles, 80 miles, a hundred miles deep over the course of these six days? Like, like what was, what was your kind of recovery protocol, if you will? Yeah. So the ice bath for me was very important. Um, that helped tremendously. And then uh, I would spend some time doing some stretching. I would foam roll. I had uh, specific compression recovery leggings that I would put on that would kind of help, you know, with the circulation. Right. And then um, we, my husband and I, we had bought a Theragun 
So I brought that with me. So I had that to, you know, massage my legs. And so all of those pieces were um, critical to my recovery. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I feel like the name of the game when it comes to recovery is there's, there's really no silver bullet. It's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of rest, a little bit of hydration, a little bit of massage, like, like all of the pieces, uh, kind of all, all have their role. Um, and you just got to kind of keep hitting it from all the different angles. And, and especially when you, you know, when you only have a few hours to recover or, or just overnight, as opposed to, oh, it's my long run. I don't have it. You know, I got a couple, I got an off day tomorrow, whatever. Like you got a little more time to, to, uh, just relax. But yeah, when you got to force the issue, that's the way to do it is to hit it from a bunch of different angles. Yeah. And I really tried to, I really did try to focus on that in my training, you know, because that was really going to be the only way to know what kind of recovery worked best for me was playing around with all that stuff. And, and for me, you know, any gear, which I know we can all be like over into our gear sometimes, but it makes the world of difference the products that you buy and, and what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for someone else, which was why there's so many products out there, but it makes a world of difference to invest in those items so that you can be strong and get through whatever distance you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. So as, as you know, you said like when it was getting close to starting lots of excitement, looking forward to it, you know, you get into the last, the last, you know, day or two, the last handful of miles. What was, what was the mindset as, uh, as your 162 mile finish line was approaching? Uh, a lot of awe. Mm. Like, I can't believe I, I, I never doubted that I would actually cross the finish line, but there was still awe in what, um, I was accomplishing and I actually cannot remember a time in my life where I was so singularly focused on the task at hand. I mean, I wasn't thinking about anything else other than what I needed to do to put that next step in front of me. Um, and I kind of enjoyed that because in our everyday life, we have so many thoughts running through our head all the time. And so just to be singularly focused on a task was a good reminder of how important it is to just stay present in the moment that you're in and not, you know, get too far into the future or think back on something that you maybe could have done better. Um, just go with where you're at in the moment. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of those things that I feel like there's a lot of parallels in running and in life, you know, like running the mile you're in, like you said, just in life, taking care of certain tasks or or being present, being present in the moment, not worrying about what's to come, not worrying about what has already happened. Um, which is easier said than done, at least for me, I'm, I'm always worried about what, what I did wrong before, what I, what I might do wrong going forward. Um, which maybe makes me make some mistakes in the moment, but anyway, that's, 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 that's that's for my own counseling session at another, at another day. Um, so, so you get to the finish line. Congratulations. You, you got it done. Awesome achievement. Um, I know for some folks, whether it's a single race, whether it's a multi-day thing, whatever it is, you know, any type of big challenge, big achievement type of situation, um, it can almost be deflating. Like I did it. It, it was awesome. But then there's like, oh, it's over. W- was it like that for you? Did the high last for a while? Like what, like, you know, you're done and, and, and you're looking back in the rear view from, from just, you know, one day, you know, like, like I finished yesterday, what, what was it like coming out of it mentally or, or physically or, or both? Yeah, it was, um, 
more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I rode the high for probably a week post completion because uh, my family and I were road tripping back to San Diego. They had um, come out there in an RV out to Nebraska in an RV. And so we were road tripping back. So that was fun to be with them and celebrate that way. Um, but then once I got home home, it kind of was like, oh, now what? I've spent a whole year focused on training and this run is over. What do I do next? And how do I transition back into what my routine used to look like before I was spending all this time training. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so that has been a little bit challenging. Some things that have helped along the way have been putting races on the calendar, putting events on the calendar. So I've done a small eight miler race. Um, I have a half marathon at the end of the year that I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm doing a whole new challenge uh, that's a, a strength challenge for sure. I'm not sure if you've heard of this event called High Rocks. No, please um, tell us like about a, it. It's like a functional fitness. It's not quite CrossFit, but okay. it kind of has some like CrossFit elements to it. Um, and so I have a partner, so we get to share uh, how we tackle mm. the um, obstacles that they have in that and it, they have like the skier you have to do like a thousand meter row on the skier wow. um sled pushes and pulls burpee broad jumps farmer carries but it's like a fast and furious type event you know you you go at that anaerobic threshold mm. and you want to try to complete it you know as fast as you can so that's a little bit out of my comfort zone i've never done an event like this before so um that's something to look forward to so um, and just slowly getting back into running on a on a semi regular basis at home, right. um, out, outside of a training schedule, um, because I really did enjoy it, and I work so hard for all that endurance. I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but then it's it, and again, I mean, you kind of mentioned this, and I know that other folks have said the similar similar thing where all of a sudden, like, like you don't want to lose all that fitness, but at the same time, you, you're not going to more than likely maintain, like you're not going to keep the same training regimen when you don't have this massive, you know, 162 mile race coming up yeah. or event coming up. Um, but do you feel like, you know, at this point and, and, you know, correct me if, if my dates are off, but we're about, about a month and a half, two months, something like that from when you finished, have you, have you kind of settled into a, a good groove from a, the fitness side of things at this point? Yeah, I think the fitness side of things I have settled into a good groove. Um, I went back to my three days a week of um, strength training that I was doing regularly um, before I was incorporating more running. I had to cut some of that out when I started running more. Um, So I've just kind of got back into that routine. And um, one of the other things that I love to do is jazzercise. Um, So um, I've been able to do jazzercise more than I was. So um, falling back into that everyday stuff is, is happening. Good, good. And that's, you know, that's, that's uh, 
that's what's maintainable, or at least that's ideally what's maintainable is kind of getting in that that good groove, that that normal normal pattern. And then you know, when when there's different events, you you color outside the lines and you tweak some and adjust for the specific event. But then, you know, fall back to what you enjoy doing, what what works for you. Um, exactly, that's, that's fantastic. So, like I said, now that we are, you know, whatever the exact date is, but but not quite closing in on two months uh, after your your leg, and I, I feel like I remember hearing that the actual relay itself just wrapped up in the last week or two, much more recently. It did. Yeah. It just finished last Saturday yeah. actually in New York. Yeah. Which is, which is exciting. But, but looking back on, on your experience as being part of, of the team this year, and, and it's still recent enough that maybe it hasn't all set in and there's maybe still some processing and it may be something that will take years to really set in. But, but what are some of your, your takeaways, your m- memories, things that, uh, that, that are always going to be with you as part of your experience with, with the, the MS run the U S relay team this year. Oh, I would say my teammates for sure. I feel like we're very connected. Um, and we're spread out all throughout the country, you know? Um, so it's, it's a unique connection that we have with one another. Um, and, in fact, one of my teammates, Chris, um, who ran the segment before me, he was at my finish line unexpectedly because wow. he lives in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, and that was really awesome that he, you know, took time to be there as we crossed the line. Um, we communicate with each other a lot on social media, and um, I think that we still will. Uh, the team Zoom calls were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was fun to watch how other people would do fundraising because then it could give you ideas if you needed help fundraising. Um, the road crew, Haley and Malcolm, were phenomenal. Um, I just, it was a fantastic experience. I don't really have anything bad to say about throwing my hat in the ring. I'm so glad I did it. It's awesome. That's awesome. So, so then if I'm going to put words in your mouth, anybody listening that's on the fence for next year or, or beyond, like they should do it. They should throw their hat in the ring and, and see how it shakes out. They should totally do it. There's <laughs> been a few people that um, um, reached out to me on social media as they were watching the relay unfold that I encouraged like, yes, throw your, do it, fill out the application, see what happens. And so um, that's the next exciting piece for me is, uh, finding out who the team members will be for 2022. That won't probably be until maybe like mid October, but that's the next exciting piece for me seeing the next team. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So as we're getting, getting close to, to wrapping up, Melinda, I, I, I usually like to, to wrap up with, uh, something I call a philosophical question, which is sometimes sounds a little scarier than it is. It's just kind of like the introductory question, very open-ended, take it whichever way you want. But I'm going to spin it a little differently than normal today, I think, and, and just kind of maybe more or less just give you the floor um, to, to speak to to anyone who um, comes upon this or maybe somebody shares it with someone who, who is maybe in the early stages of being diagnosed with, with MS or really, I mean, any other type of you know diseases that could be majorly life-threatening or not life well i guess life-threatening but also life impacting that really is going to just changes um changes the outlook changes the plans that 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 uh they have going forward and 
Um, I mean, you can take it whichever way you want with it and, and, and just kind of speak from the heart, but just, you know, whether it's encouragement, whether it's don't give up on goal, like, like again, I mean, whichever way you want to go with it, but I'm just going to leave it very, very much open-ended and that's kind of where we'll wrap up if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say that if there's something you feel very called to do, be it a run or some other endeavor, you should do it. Um, don't let that fear hold you back and, uh, make sure that you surround yourself with like-minded people that are going to help carry you through reaching that goal. It makes the world a difference to not be in this diagnosis for me personally alone. Um, and, I would also say that I had times where it was scary and I didn't know what was going to happen, but, um, I refused to stay in despair. I would much rather cling to hope and, um, hope looks different for everyone. But like, even if the next day is 1% better than the day before, then you're still better off. And um, before you know it, little improvements turn into big improvements. And in my case, I went from not being able to run a mile to being able to run 162 miles in six days, which then opens the door for me to not put limitations on my body um, and go with whatever my body is able to do with right now since I don't know what's going to happen. Um, when it's personal to you, you find a way to make it happen. And I would just, again, emphasize that you don't want to do any of it alone, that you want to find people to support you, to rally with you, to sit with you in the times when, you know, they're, they're difficult because they're going to be difficult times too. But when you find people that can do that, it makes the world a difference. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for for sharing that, Melinda. And and uh, guys, if you want some more uh, motivation, inspiration, just to follow along with with Melinda and and whatever does come next down down the pipeline. In addition to the things you know, the races and the events and things she's already talked about, um, at Melinda underscore underscore strong underscore ms underscore runner, disruns dot com slash nine seven four. Once again, I'll take you back to the show notes. We'll have everything linked up there as per usual. So, uh, Melinda. You know, thank you for for taking the time today. Uh, congratulations once again on uh, just an incredible uh, accomplishment, an incredible achievement, job well done. Um, and and you know, keep going, keep going, keep 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 doing what you want to do. Keep keep looking for those challenges. Keep taking things head on, and and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you very much. It was so great to chat with you. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Melinda and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from our conversation today. What was what was your little takeaway from uh, the little chit little chat that uh, you just got to listen in on? Uh, for me, it was towards the end when Melinda was talking about how close she became with the, the other members of the uh, the relay team. You know, just between the Zoom calls and some interactions, social media, this, that, and the other. And and it was just a reminder to me of how 
awesome the running community can be. And, you know, it's great when you can do it in person. It's great when you can do it on a Zoom call or, or you know, text messages or, or whatever. But even, quote unquote, just the online community, whether it's it's my Facebook group, another Facebook group, whether it's other social media, whether it's just the, the band of merry misfits that we are that, you know, y'all that listen to the show and me that yammers on. Um, I, I, I just think there's a lot of value there. And, and sometimes I think it can be easy to, to maybe take for granted or at least for me, it, not that I take y'all for granted, but, but you know what I mean, right? Like, like it, it can be easy to overlook, but, but when you need something, when you're doing a charity event, when you have a rough day, when you have a race that goes sideways, um, having that support, having that community, having, whether it's a team or just friends, uh, can really be invaluable. And it's great when it's local. I would argue, I'm not going to argue that it's greater, but it's just as great when it's virtual. Um, because of just how, again, just how great the running community is. I feel like that's a, a running theme for a lot of episodes and, uh, you know, whether it's, it's narrowed down to, you know, 20 something runners that are running across the country for a great cause or whether it's, you know, thousands of people on Twitter, um, or anywhere in between just the, the, the value of the running community, um, is awesome. It's awesome. The power of the running community is awesome. And so I guess my takeaway is just to say, thank you. Thank you for being part of that community. Thank you for giving, giving of yourself to the community in some form or fashion, whether you realize it or not. Um, and, and thanks for letting me be a part of, of your running community on some form or fashion. So, uh, just keep it going, keep it going. The community is awesome. It's, it's a great, uh, I, I could go on about that. We'll, we'll stop, but just, that's my takeaway today is just how awesome the running community is, whether it's big or small, whether we're zoomed out or zoomed in the running community is dynamite. And, uh, you know, if that's what's, if that's, what's going to stand out to Melinda from, from, you know, running 162 miles in 26 days, then pretty clear that, uh, the, the power of the running community is, is substantial. So that's my takeaway. I don't know, maybe a little bit convoluted, but as per usual these days, right? Uh, but what about you? What stood out to you from this episode? What was your takeaway? Uh, love to hear it. If you're willing to share it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, you can slide into the DMs there and let me know. You can also shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at Dizruns.com slash 974. Dizruns.com slash 974. Photos, links, and of course, there's that comment section down at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the page. So let me know what stood out to you, what your takeaway was in the comment. We can start a little, start a little conversation on the old website. So with that, we'll go ahead and uh, start wrapping this one up. Uh, one last time, one last call out for, for features. If you're looking for some new socks and you want to support the show and get some real good quality socks at the same time, three birds, one stone, disruns.com slash features. Once again, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. Uh, we'll have it in the in the show, show description. We'll probably put it in the show notes. Uh, but you can also obviously type it into your browser, disruns.com slash features. Get yourself two pairs, three pairs, eight pairs. I don't know. You know, how often do you want to do laundry? Although I say that and I do laundry like never. I just wear the same pair of socks every day. <laughs> and they still hold up because they're good because they're features. So anyway, enough about, enough about that. That's, there's some personal hygiene information you didn't want to hear. Uh, but get some good socks. Support the show. Support your feet. Dizruns.com slash features. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, once again, y'all, thank you for listening. Thanks for the time and the attention. Appreciate you taking me with you. If you want to hit that share button, would appreciate that too. Not required, but certainly appreciate it. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.